All right, all right, all right, all right, everybody. Welcome. This is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read stuff this week. I didn't read a lot, but I've read most of these books, actually. So we're doing something different. This is cool. I like it. We're uh, we're, we're going into an author. So, you know, everybody knows. Who are we talking about? This is the Dr. Seuss episode. Boom, boom, boom. Here we go. Let's get into it. Taylor. Yes. Start me off with something, something shocking. Just for some context, the earliest date that I have is 2009. Green Eggs and Ham, which came out in the 50s, sold half a million copies. The ne- the, so the highest book for children's books at that time, young adult, was Twilight, which sold four million. Mm. So Green Eggs and Ham was number nine on that list with half a million. The Places You Go was number 12. Cat in the Hat was number 13. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish was number 15. Like, he's he's got seven on the charts. Books. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and like, the top selling one. J.K. Rowling is like 400 pages deep in the, like the sixth novel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it's it just, just madness like, to me. Three that cats in a bag. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, not even close. Just in, in, in years, dozens of years past, he's still got seven spots on the list. Oh, man. He's the greatest. He's the yeah. king. He's the king. He's the. And uh, you have probably read something. Yeah. If you're listening to this, of if him. If you haven't, stop right now. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> stop right now. Go read. What's your what? If you if somebody's never cat, cat and hat, hat, cat and hat, hundred percent. Gotcha. That was the inflection point for his career. Mm. There, I'm. There's so many that I feel like I don't know. Like there, there's sev- there are there several. are a lot. He wrote over, I think it was sixty six total. Right. So when I in his when career, I, one a year. I like finding ones that I like obscure ones that I'm not as familiar with. I always think that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And, I, and at some point, Fox I guess and socks. it'll probably yeah, it'll probably be when I you know probably when I reach fatherhood or something and I will go back. But then I'll be like that'll that'll give me a reason to like actually like go into all of these other books that I never did. And yeah. Just be like, well, what what do what 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 are these and what do I want to pass on? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That I'm saying kind of saving that for down the line, you know? Yeah. And you have so many. Like I said, you could right. do one a month for the entirety of your kid's childhood right. and still it would work. Since we're talking about time, the cat in the hat took a year to write. Oh wow. These are not, you know, you think nowadays, oh, this is this 30 page book and yeah. this is silly, right? It, you know, he said he would write and draw. He did both. So he did the writing and the which drawing. Which just incredible. Most known for the drawings, yeah. which is what the iconic style that nobody else had. No straight lines, weird animals. Everything that looks kind like of a thing. melted candle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly dripping off the page. It's like, was he on LSD constantly? <laughs> he definitely drank <laughs> and smoked. Oh. Uh, but he, he spent, a th- you know, he would work a thousand pages. And then would whittle it down to 60, 50, 40 pages. Like, I don't think I have any kind of concept of what he was like as a person. Like, I don't know if he was like a gruff guy or like a sweet guy. So like, he, was he was a goofball. He was a goofball. He didn't necessarily, he never had kids. Mm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. His first wife had a bunch of health problems and so they just could never have kids. Uh. He He liked kids. He said that kids were just like adults. So like there were some creepy ones, there were some great ones, you know, know and he just treated them like adults, but he was not fascinated by them in the kind of Mr. Rogers-y sense. He also was very much an introvert and why he could come up with these fantastical worlds on his own. Mm. So he didn't really, at the beginning when stuff got big, Cat in the Hat came out, Grinch came out, Lorax came out, all these kind of things. They wanted him to do a lot more public appearances 
and he was sort of freaked out by that. He would go hide doing other things. They had this event at a mall that he was supposed to be a part of, and he just, they couldn't find him. He disappeared. And he was changing the prices on expensive shoes in one of the stores. <laughs> His whole place was shut down. He was like, these are too much. Just he's, So he was sort of a prankster, but he didn't like being in the public eye. Which was to his benefit because you don't know what he looks like, really. Yeah, no. A lot of people don't know no, what he I looks no, like. I, I really or they, no or they just assume that the cat in the hat wrote all these things. <laughs> you know, when you're five years old, you, you know, just see I think his... that actually was my perception at, at five years old. Because, like, the cat in the hat does appear on every one of the books in the corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a series of... called Beginner Books. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And it just kind of is, it assumes that role, which is strange. And I'm not sure when I actually made the, the distinction that, no, 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 there's a person that goes by the name Dr. Seuss yeah. that made all of these things. And so, actually, yeah. At a certain point he kind of was like oh well then i'm just gonna take on this persona so he came up with a lot of answers to typical questions with silly rhymes and came up with funny stuff and was like oh i'm just gonna be the dr seuss that kids think i am and then that worked really well for his public appearances as opposed to trying to be himself mm. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah, yeah. kind of got to break you know he created the act of dr seuss and then let him break out a little bit yeah and be more how know. crazy did it get while he was still alive, I'm not. I'm not aware of how oh, like aware the of his popularity. Of that? Yeah, I'm not aware of his popularity. His awareness of his popularity by the time he passed away. Even in his life, it was like, oh, this is the most popular children's. It wasn't like a long tail like Jane Austen, where 200 years later it gets picked right. up. It was in that time frame. Was it, was it was pretty New pretty York quick, Times just... bestsellers list. Yeah, translated okay. into 30 languages. That was all happening within okay, his lifetime. Cool. So he was able to see that good okay, acclaim. Cool. I just want to go through kind of some background since we're talking Definitely. about his later life. We'll set up how that came to be. 1904 is when he was born. He died in 1991. So what is that? Damn. Yeah. Long, right long, long, long life. I was 92. Um, Come on, baby. Just a few more months. <laughs> he lived in Springfield, Massachusetts. Hmm. Um, German parents. So if you know anything about history, people started to not or to become prejudiced against Germans because of World War One and World War Two, His dad you know owned those a... two things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very important. His dad owned a brewery, and that was, I guess, a common prejudice, was that Prohibition came about immediately after that, so there was a lot of heat on his family oh, man, for yeah. A, being German, and B, owning a brewery. So his dad nixed the brewery because of Prohibition. Under fire from all sides. <laughs> yeah. Nixed the brewery from Prohibition and then bought the zoo in Springfield or started running the zoo. So is this that is that where... Matt Damon movie? We bought... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss as a child? <laughs> we bought a zoo. <laughs> this is where you can see the start of his dad giving him pens and paper and being like, draw the animals. Oh, so okay. he has... And then there's an actual book that he came out with called If I Ran the Zoo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's about this little kid running around doing all this stuff, messing with all the animals, getting all these crazy things. That book is where the origin, the first recorded instance of the word nerd comes from. Oh, really? So he's credited as inventing that word, although oh, he's not cool. using it in reference to sure? a geeky person. But it, it never existed anywhere before because he's just making up crazy words. My favorite reappropriation of If I Ran the Zoo was after the Harambe incident. No. <laughs> it's like everybody online. That became a meme. It was just like, the internet needs to be quiet, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Because everybody is in that mindset. Well, if I oh, ran this, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Like you know how to deal with animals and endangered. <laughs> <and> yeah, <laughs> I do. Like, maybe that. we, maybe we're not all experts on everything, and our opinions maybe don't matter yeah. when it comes to 
really <laughs> intense specific topics that require an intense amount of study and preparation to even attempt. Yeah. But he, yeah, <laughs> he had that in his childhood so he could talk about it a little bit. He saw it firsthand. <laughs> if I ran this. If I ran Well, this I can imagine a child, like... What a great creative yeah, outlet. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I just went to the... This is interesting. I just went to the zoo on uh, on Sunday. Um, hmm. and, and every time I go to the zoo, I think about every time I've ever been to the zoo. And most of the times I've been to the zoo was as a child. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've, I can imagine a, a creative child, if they're growing up in that environment, seeing these things all the time, if that's how you're introduced to the world and animals, like you, you could start making your own creatures. And you have and an unlimited past mm-hmm. to just walk around and, and do all these you want. crazy plants and, you know, environments and all of that stuff is like, you, you, you see how crazy the world is when it's all in one little place and you can walk pin to pin and see just how nuts everything can be. Yeah. Like I can imagine, you know, a small child taking that in and saying, this is what the world is. Oh, look. I'll put cotton candy on trees and it'll be neon pink, you know, like, you know, like absolutely. Also combined with that, his parents were super supportive. They weren't like, get out of here. His mom was like, come up with rhymes and goof around and make up stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like just a perfect little concoction of a childhood there to, to, it's like, it's like they say about how like Bill Gates was in the right high school at the right time that had this computer that he could learn to code on how you get just these serendipitous moments. Thank God that this kid's dad couldn't run the brewery and decided to run this zoo. Right, right. You know? I mean, the doors opened up. I mean, yeah, amazing. So he goes to Dartmouth, which is in New Hampshire, Hmm. and is uh, the editor for this comedy magazine. He gets in trouble because he's found drinking gin in the dorms. Oh! Prohibition, so they kick him off. (laughs) Can't do it anymore. But... He decides to submit under a pen name, Dr. Seuss, <laughs> which nobody knows because his real name is Geisel, which is the German name. Mm. But Seuss was his mother's maiden name, which became his middle name. That's the middle name they gave him. Technically, in German, it's pronounced Seuss. I did know that. And I had heard that before. But everybody yeah. just called it Seuss. And then it sort of sounds like Mother Goose. And yeah. then when he started doing the kids' books, he said, cool, so be it. It's a little, it goes down a little smoother than Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I'm trying to say source in a some sort of strange or South American soy accent. sauce and yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah. what you're trying to do. <laughs> so it's Seuss. Lethal bison. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's the end of envy. They can't understand the doctor. She's trying to say lethal poison. Oh. And she's saying lethal poison. And they're like, little, little person? <laughs> <laughs> so anytime I can't understand somebody, that's just what I think. <laughs> the movie envy, everyone. <laughs> The movie? The movie, Envy. Memes, real life memes. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got the catchphrases that they say to their friends. Uh-huh. Mine is lethal puss. <laughs> and Evan and I have stolen so many from the How the Grinch Stole Oh Christmas, man, so many from the Grinch. One. Well, I think, I think it, me and you and then me and my friend Griffin, we probably quote the Grinch almost every time we're in, together. <laughs> <laughs> On a daily basis, <laughs> the words get mentioned. Yeah. So the doctor... The first part was the Seuss. The second part is Seuss. The I first did, part and is I the did doctor. know the doctor. I love this. Please tell them. So the doctor, he was going to Dartmouth to become a teacher, and then he went to Oxford to get his professorship degree. He ended up not getting it, but that doctor is a reference to his father who wanted to him to have hmm. a higher education mm-hmm. degree or become a veterinarian or do something 
that wasn't writing. Still well, supportive of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was like, cool, I'm going to keep it. Dr. Seuss it is. <laughs> it's almost like, well, I tried. <laughs> yeah. like, is this good enough? Please, <laughs> please be enough. But in the, in, the, in the please be enough, he was successful. I didn't know anything about this for 10 plus years. So he left Oxford, found the love of his life, Helen, mm. went to New York to become an illustrator for magazines advertising that How kind romantic. of world. Yeah. They traveled the world together. And he was just boom, 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 living it up. Got super successful. There was a company that was a bug spray company called Flit. Hmm. And he made up this phrase that was like, Henry, the Flit. And for whatever reason, that caught on and became a, a meme at that time. And other companies were copying it. And he just did a bunch of stuff related yeah. to that. He tries to write this kid's book. And it gets rejected by a bunch of publishers. And the, that book was to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street. The reason they didn't like it. So here's the history of children's books and why he popped and why he was way ahead of his time. Mm. The children's book, the primers of that time, primer being like, before you know how to read, this is what you're going to be doing, was all Dick and Jane with these two kids. And there was a theory behind reading that you would want it to be whole word retention, not sounding it out. It was a change in learning style. Mm -hmm. So instead of being like, at cat. You just wanted kids to pick up on the whole words, mm -hmm. but you can only do that so long or it's too much if you have too many words. So these books are super repetitive. They're very boring. And they were like, well, we can't write anything that kids are not going to understand. So it's just like kids sitting in the yard and their dad comes home or they see a blue car or there's a cat on the street, like really boring, uninteresting things to read about. Mm -hmm. His book to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street was about this kid imagining all this crazy stuff that goes on in his neighborhood. And people were like, this is immoral, teaching kids how to lie about stuff that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Like, no, that's not the point. It's expressing their imagination. So that's why yeah, it got rejected. Missing, really missing the force. Because it, <laughs> it, it was a moral question. They were like, well, these, these books that we're supposed to be teaching kids how to read should just be that. And so his friend who he just, oh, he was about to burn the thing in the garbage apparently and be like, this is stupid. And his friend who worked at a different smaller press company was like, no, we'll publish it. <laughs> Didn't do that well. Um, so he was like, nah, whatever. And then we printed it on sandpaper. Sorry. <laughs> Nobody can hold it. <laughs> we messed up, man. I'm sorry. I thought you were a book publisher. <laughs> no, we make sandpaper. I said I'd help you out. <laughs> so that didn't work out. World War II hits. He's like, uh, I got to do something. He's 38 now. He's had a mm. career already in New mm -hmm. York. They fly him over to Los Angeles, part of the first uh, thing of the army, which Hollywood. is the first motion picture unit. Mm. And he becomes a captain. So they're making training films, animated training films for the army. Oh. Big popular one called Captain Snafu. And they're sort of loose. these exist online? Yeah, we'll put some Fantastic. links in the email. We're going to be in that email. Illiterate at email.com. Boom. Send your name. Get them. Uh, Do it. Do it now. So he's also working f on propaganda-y type stuff in the good way of being like, we need to not be so isolationist. He's working with a crew doing a documentary about what's going on. Mm. Hot, hot nib right here mm? to keep in touch with. A part of this first motion picture unit at the time, mm -hmm. Chuck Jones came up with Looney Tunes he worked with. He also worked with Frank Capra, the famous director of the oh, time, yeah. who did It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And then one of the playwrights that he was with, Stan Lee, 
of Marvel. What? They were all working together. Wow. During World War II. That's a stacked room. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all became in their own right. Incredible. Animators, writers, <laughs> storytellers. But they all worked together They're, on They these all films. became the man. Yeah. <laughs> in their own things. But I couldn't believe that. Stan Lee really threw me wow, for a yeah, I was like, that's seriously. amazing. Work with Dr. Oh, Seuss. Whoa. He just passed away. You know, like, wow, yeah. we're not that far out. No. Yeah. So they all worked together in World War II. The documentary that they did got an Academy Award in 47. Oh, cool. It got repurposed and re repackaged out to the public. I would like to see that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then after World War II, now he has not written anything related to children's books or anything in hmm. over eight years, but he decides to get back into it. That's where he does, he does If I Ran the Zoo, but now that he's, now that he's permanently in LA, he's like, oh, maybe I should do movies. So that he writes a script. This is the only live action, whatever, anything he ever did. Oh, okay. It's called The 500 Fingers of Dr. T. It's just this off the wall, acid trip, crazy movie about this guy who's making, you know, making a bunch of kids play this really long piano and it's all over the place. Hollywood sort of messes it up for My him. My mouth is hanging open <laughs> right now, for those of you not in this closet. Yeah, <laughs> it is on the ground. I had to pick it up. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's no, now a cult classic because it's atrocious because they yeah. ruined it and they're like, there needs to be an adult love interest and there needs to be all these jokes for the adults. And he's like, no, I just want to make something mad. And kooky and off. Fingers of Mr. T. Dr. T. Dr. T. Yeah. I got to put that doctor in there. <laughs> he's like, I can't never get over it. I wish it was Mr. T. <laughs> yeah. He's like, before he even knew who he was. I got 500 fingers. <laughs> Fool. <laughs> but it was trash, apparently. So he's like, I'm, I'm never, down I'm never doing this ever again. <laughs> so movies are terrible. Yeah. So then he goes back to movies. His wife gets, she's had health problems. She gets mm. really super sick, needs to be in an iron lung. Oh he my sort gosh. of falls off the wagon and is like, this is important to me. I can't be doing this stuff. Wow. Um, when, what, when did she get sick? 54. Uh. Yeah. So now they're hitting middle age mm. in that time frame. He starts doing a couple more children's books, The Sneetches. This is when he does Horton Hears a Who. But going back to what I was saying before about the primers, the person that he worked with that was his boss at Random House was like, kids can't read. This is horrible. So the stuff that he's doing with Horton Hears a Who and these, you know, <laughs> If I Ran the Zoo, all that kind of stuff, it's not designed for the early readers, right. getting you interested in reading, that kind of thing. So what happens is the guy proposes, here's this list of the 300 words that kids need to know by this time. Right. He started writing a book and it was about somebody climbing Mount Everest or something like that. And mm -hmm. he was like, well, I can't use peak. I can't use wind. I can't, there's like, yeah. they're not even on this list. So he got frustrated. He was like, what are the two first words that rhyme? Cat, hat, boom, there it is. We're off. <laughs> and I think he uses 90% of the words on the list. He uses a huge majority in the cat and the hat. Like I said, spends a year on it, blows up. Crazy, super popular. People love it. It's like nothing they've ever seen. So I'm gonna read like for he's you. Just throwing his hands up, giving like, "What's the two for cat done? Fine, whatever. I'm sick of it. Let's do it. I've Talk written a thousand pages. Eleven months. Yeah. God. <laughs> Here we go. Then eleven months later, throws the manuscript down on the table. There, I use ninety percent of them. Are you happy? Yeah. Four million copies sold God. in the first year. <laughs> Then he turns around. It's a massive success. He's just like face in his hand. Maybe I shouldn't have spent as much time on this. <laughs> but then he figured it. I guess then he figured it out. <laughs> it's just off, to the, off yeah. to the races. He goes on it. So I'm going to read you 
a bit of the cat in the hat. So you get a sense Please. of the simplicity of the words, the flow. I just feel like it makes you want to read more. Mm. Yeah. So it says for the cat in the hat, this is right when he comes in. We looked, then we saw him step in on the mat. We looked and we saw him, the cat in the hat. And he said to us, why do you sit there like that? And then you flip the page. <laughs> <laughs> but that was so much more fun. Here's, here's a sample of Dick and Jane. Mm. Jane said, look, look, I see a big yellow car. See the yellow car go? Uh. Sally said, I see it. I see the big yellow car. I want to go away in it. I want to go away, away. Aliens. Kill the aliens. <laughs> kill them all. Because <laughs> they thought that repetition and the no. boring... No, you just sound like you don't... So seeing a cat human. flailing around the house with crazy machines and all over the place... It's like you're trying to communicate to a dog or something. It's like... It's, yeah. They're, they're human. Like, they, it's like you're just making it confusing by just saying it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, you this don't is not how people talk. They can, yeah. It's like you don't talk like that ever when you're talking to me until 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 i start reading this book and then now i'm addressed in this like what's happening no it's and also this is not how any other book is ever written right so why would you try and teach somebody how to read it's like it's it's kind of out of reality almost yeah so that's kind of where we're at like why in the world is this guy so popular Mm -hmm. how did any because it was completely yeah off the wall from anything of what anybody was doing totally different way but i love that he was able that he took the words that list of words and he's like because he at the underneath that he does want it to be good he does want kids to get something out of it and enjoy it yeah so he's like fine i'll do whatever i'll do whatever you need me to do these are the words i can use fine (laughs) yeah a huge part of his and this might be something to consider talking about is the creative limitations because that's most of his career is how can i do this with more or with Mm -hmm. less or with these things or with that and i think that is a big thing to embrace when you're trying to make something yeah let me put a constraint so that i can work in that and then there's a ton of freedom Mm mm-hmm but also just the fact that like his morals and lessons, he's like, I don't have to put a moral. If it's a good story, there's going to be something worth gleaning from it. Right. These Dick and Jane books have no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> there's no anything for a kid to learn. Aliens kill them. Except, yeah, do what your parents tell you to. But the cat in the hat is, it's a its a fear of the unknown. Right. It's this cat coming in. They're waiting in for the, if you, in case you forgot about the story. It's they're waiting and trust. They're waiting for their parents to come home. It's raining. There's nothing to do. This cat barges in and is like, we can have fun. All over the place. on the couch. And then he leaves. He leaves. And they're like, the house is a mess. What are we going to do? And then he comes back in and he's like, no, it's fine. And he gets his crazy machine, cleans it all up and then leaves. That's never happened when one of my friends has left my apartment in a complete and total mess. That has never happened. They've never once come back and cleaned the With whole a crazy thing and made it into an incredible story and made me feel good about it. Not once. <laughs> Completely unrealistic. <laughs> no one ever comes back and says, you know what, I'm sorry, you're right. Let me help you clean all this up. <laughs> That's why you need a cat in the hat, friend. I guess so. Uh, better than all of us. Yeah. Fear of the un- unknown. Uh, trust. Uh, uh, risk. It ends in a question. Which I didn't realize until I read really? it again. It says, like, and what would you tell your mother? Would you mm. tell her what happened? Which is also right. completely bonkers well, for that time frame to be like, oh, do you trust your kid to tell you the truth or not? Right. Or would you, or, or like, then the kid has to think, okay, I just read this book, The Cat in the Hat. Now, like, would I break down at three in the morning, run into my parents' room and be like, I'm sorry, there was a cat well, in the hat. Right. Well, we've all been in a situation where we thought something was going to end up way wronger mm-hmm. than it ever ended up at all. So 
uh, and especially as a child, like I remember like getting into something or feeling like I had broke something or done something wrong. And if can I fix it before my parents get home? Can I fix it before my dad sees us? Can I fix it before my mom finds out that way? Maybe they don't even have to know about it Mm because if nothing happened, nothing happened. You know, it's like that is. I remember those types of thought processes, like as yeah. as a small child, like just and to like, be the reading. Kind of this is why it resonates it. so much because a kid reads that and it's like, oh, this this person, whoever's writing this, trusts me, right? That, yeah. That's an interesting place for a kid to be waiting on their their parents to get home when they're you know that that hour between yeah. getting home from school, and then the whole layer of you're also learning words and learning how to read, right. and these are the things that you need to know, and it's bouncy and fun and interesting, mm-hmm. and things are happening, yeah, and it rhymes. <laughs> and it rhymes. <laughs> Let's be real. We all just we're all just giddy over the rhymes. So this was interesting, relating to what the uh, <laughs> the all right. <laughs> well, I'm just so excited to talk no, about no, the I, next I, thing. I, I'm teed up. Right, let's go. <laughs> um, Cat in the Hat blows up. Fifty seven takes yeah. him a year. The Grinch comes out the exact same year. Ooh. Christmas time. He wrote it in a few weeks. Wow. <laughs> he got it done. Was he like, oh, I hope his publisher's like, we really need something for the Christmas holidays. Can you get us something in four and a half weeks? And he's like, maybe I can do six. And then it's like, just because of the constraint, you just pumped it out. And then bam, yeah. American classic. <laughs> like, wait a second. You can do Written this. into the lexicon of all. <laughs> like, it's just. Yeah. I love the Grinch. I think the Grinch I, is my incredible. favorite. Speaking yeah. of his personality. So he had been on record saying like, he's half the cat and half the Grinch mm. kind of getting a sense of who his character is. Sometimes he's bah, right. corporate America and with this and that. And other times he's whimsical and wants to play. And so that kind of ties into his nature and interesting that. that he wrote them both in the same year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, arguably the two biggest back to back. Yeah. Um, what was he on? <laughs> doing the Grinch. That's I love the, that good Coca-Cola going back to your Grinch <laughs> rhymes. I love the Grinch rhymes. And now that I think about it, I don't remember the last time I read it because when I think of the Grinch, when I think about in my mind that when I go to mm-hmm. classic the Grinch, I kind of go to the cartoon. So the cartoon, which is later, so it's like I don't you know I'm about like, now I'm like what was the book? So I feel like yeah, I'm, it's like a, a memory in a memory, <laughs> right? Like was it the book or the <laughs> right, way that yeah. the so the cartoon was ten years after he wrote the Grinch. Like I said, he was jaded by Hollywood, mm-hmm. didn't want movies made, certainly mm-hmm. nothing live action because that was that five hundred fingers of Doctor T. But his his your boy Chuck Jones, the Looney Tunes guy, came back to him and was like, "Dude, we got to make this into an animated thing." Chuck Jones relevant all the time. Yeah, so he comes back in. Seuss is like, "I like this guy. I trust him. He can make some stuff." But then nobody else. So that's how the Grinch got made. Interesting. The Lorax was made. Some Cat in the Hat stuff was animated. wasn't as good because he wasn't Chuck Jones wasn't as involved in mm-hmm. those. Um, I love when you can see somebody's touch throughout mm-hmm. pieces of work, even if it's like in a series and this person only did like a, a couple episodes, but you just like, there's something about those episodes when you find out that's like, well, this guy mm-hmm. that created the thing did these three and then he left because of some other, you know, just like, yeah. like oh, oh man, you, you can feel it. There's something in it. Like, yeah. you know, well, and with the first Grinch, the Chuck Jones one, they were saying it was like five times the amount of animation frames mm. meaning they drew five times the amount of stuff because it is very fluid yeah. and susy it's i mean it's beautiful so it took a long time to put together personal <laughs> personal stuff since this i think ties into the work that he's creating mm-hmm. so he does that and then after after the cat in the hat and the grinch he comes up with 
this publisher is like, dude, cool. You did it. You put in all these words. Can you do it in 50 words or less? Can you use 50 <laughs> words or less? So another creative constraint. Baby, baby, I've got another idea for you since you brought it home last time, honey. Let me tell you, can you do it in 50? Can you try it in 50? Because it might be the key, son. I'm just imagining the Novas. This is like this is the weird age. It's just like, can you jump through this hoop on fire? You know, like, listen, yeah, Bert, like, um, yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm why, just out here drawing. Why was he? Yeah, I was like, I want to know what what's what what was the what were the pressures on this agent? I mean, like, you got to do it in fifty words or less. I've got to make a lot of money. He's back getting weird Monday letters in the mail. Yeah, he just yeah, like yeah. somebody keeps telling me we got to do this, so we got to do it. For some reason, Doctor Seuss is on the other line, just pumping out the classics, just <laughs> saving this guy's rump. Yeah, blackmail. We don't know why. <laughs> anyway, so he does green eggs and ham. Mm. Is the classic <sighs> also fifty words or less? He uses forty nine. Gives him the big old middle finger. He says, I can do it in 49. That agent. Oh, you get me every time, boy. <laughs> um, Are we going to talk about one fish, red fish, two fish? <laughs> we will get there. Okay, good, because that's my favorite. <laughs> um, so in this time frame, now that he's doing this stuff, his wife is super sick. We sort of hit a low point in his life. Mm. She is helping him a lot with the editing and putting things together and being a good support structure, but she's just a mess what medically she, what happened to her the the disease she have is is gillian barr syndrome never which heard i don't of that. know specifically what that is but she had polio as a kid it's oh. kind of a oh, a stronger derivation of that that has okay. no cure it is slowly wasting her away so it's unfortunate and this is kind of a this is like of if there ever was everybody's got a scandal if there ever was a scandal about dr seuss it would be this which is his wife is now sort of off on the sideline and there's this other lady that's mm. in his life that is like a friend and lives next to them. But clearly they're having an affair or do it. You know, he's more interested in a relationship with her and they get home one day and his wife has overdosed and committed suicide. Oh my God. And leaves a note on the dresser being like, I, I can't live up to what you want and blah. it's it's extremely oh my gosh touching because she was thinking like I just got to be done you know so he's wrecked he's like should I burn the house down should I just stop should I what should I do because wow. he's just like destroyed by this and then he gets a lot of guff for it because it looks like he he is the cause right. of her yeah, of ending course. everything, which I'm sure there was some factors involved, but nobody can know anybody's sure. intimate personal life. No, but that's the obvious thing that you would go to. Like, it's multi-fat, you know. Yeah. You'll never know the answer, but... But then what is be, interesting be... is the fact that this woman, Audrey, who he was with a thing with, she divorces her husband and they get married the next year. But that turn in that relationship is when he kind of takes on the faux Dr. Seuss persona is out way more in public, doing all kinds of stuff, sort of gets a new lease on life because she's much more animated into the parties and doing all this stuff. And like that propels that energy that he has. Well, <clears throat> what's, his, what's his real name? Theodore. Theodore. Well, Theodore probably didn't like Theodore a whole lot then. So it was a, probably a lot more fun to be Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Yeah. He was very introvert. I mean, he would just be in his room writing these thousands of pages. The next book that he came out with was in 71, because she died in 67. Mm. 
So the next book that he came out with was The Lorax, mm. which also seems to be, he's being way more political, on the nose about the topics in the books. It's sad. You know? <laughs> the Lorax is just like, it's a downer. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so then he just continues on. He wins the Pulitzer Prize in 84. What? The first children's book ever. Wow. Or children's author. Um, dies in 91. What else? What else Killed did you have? three people between 1977 and 1983. Was on the run <laughs> as a hitman <laughs> slash con man. It's known as the infamous... <laughs> Like, what would the Dr. Seuss serial killer name be? <laughs> like, it's like if his he, name if in his universe, if there was a serial killer creature, yeah, <laughs> was the Florgan Mouse, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Larkin, <laughs> the Glunk. That's the other Dr. Seuss biography. I want to totally. So he did back. have. There was a, there was another guy in Lajola. Where is that how it's pronounced? Lajola, Lajola, whatever it is in California. Yeah. Sorry if you're there. It's confusing. <laughs> Why do we say Rodeo Drive, but yeah. then call it Los Feliz? Like, who knows? Deal with it. He lived there. There was another guy who was a Dr. Seuss there, who was just some actual doctor, and so he kept getting his mail. And oh. so this guy's mail, it's just all collaborated as one life, and like some of his stuff is in the Dr. Seuss archives, and the family whatever, and the museum stuff. Oh my gosh. Even though it has nothing to do yeah. with him. But he just thought it was funny that yeah. they kept on getting confused. And so they put it in all his in his private library That's and everything. Hilarious. And then also there was a fish market in that town that was one phone number off from his. Mm -hmm. So he would take the calls, pretend to take the order, and then send people these crazy drawings of the fish mm. that they wanted in his <laughs> Dr. Seuss style. It's like they're probably waiting for a while to get this order that they ordered, and then they just never got it, but got some crazy drawing of a right. fish. <laughs> so he did I live ordered, different that lives. That is what you ordered. Yeah. <laughs> you ordered the, the Frugelflamps. <laughs> so he did. He was he was a split personality. I don't know if he killed anyone. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope that the, that the documentary or the biopic with Leonardo DiCaprio's... <laughs> The dark side of Dr. Seuss. Let's talk about after, because this is probably what most of us know. Yeah. So his wife, Audrey, his second wife, mm -hmm. who he married, she lived until just December of last year of 2018. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. She was like 90-something. But she took over everything and then completely counter to what he was about, which was no toys, no merchandising. no. Now they have like cat in the hat gummies mm -hmm. and... All that she was of the mindset of like, if we want this thing to last, we've got to put it out there, right? In all the new ways possible, even though his books are still beating out children's books that come out year to year. How and do you his feel came about that? Because it's you know, it's not what he was about, but it's like, well, it did endure, and it probably will because of her decision. So it's yeah. like, was that wrong? I think it's a tough call because yeah. so like, for example, after the Cat in the Hat came out with your boy. Mike Myers <laughs> doing a Brooklyn accent. Just 2005 being, being absolutely strange. Yeah. Bizarre. People were like, this should be PG-13. This is madness. It was so uncomfortable. She, it was not for children. She did not. I don't know how. I think she, after that, she was like, wait, wait, wait. I got to get my fingers in the pie much yeah, more. Because yeah. she, she did not like it and vocalize that. And then that's when they were like, we're never making an anime or a live action. Mm. 
ever again. We're only doing animated, and I have to completely oversee what's going on. And so that's why you had done another one. Have they? No, because just... they did the Lorax. They did Horton Hears a Who. Yeah, it's all animated. And they did The Grinch this past year. Which is like, why did The Grinch? There's a lot of others. Just do a different <laughs> one. Just do a different I don't one. Know. We already yeah. have The Grinch. I didn't see what they're going to be doing next, but I think they're going to be doing an animated Cat in the Hat next. I guess that could use a reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That is <laughs> well, worth it. Well, yeah, we don't want to terrify the children. So, Well, so here's the interesting thing. The research that I did for that movie and why it was trash. Yeah. So the original person to play the Cat in the Hat, Tim Allen. Oh, he weird. Sa- had said in interviews, and he was heavily involved in the creative process. Yeah. He was like, "The book was scary to me as a kid." So I think well, those, that influence absolutely. in the creative process it was like, "But Tim, that's not most people's." I don't think that's most people's experience. No, to it, it's Nor like you it just like had a takeaway. It's not the intent either. No. It's like, yeah, this is a weird, funky thing that happens, but the goal was not to make you terrified as no, a five-year-old. That, that's what the film is. The film is an uncomfortable. It is on edge. Yeah. That you never know what this cat is about to do, and it's serious <laughs> because he's real flesh and blood, and, and he's he is real in your re- house. <laughs> Like, it was not fun. I don't remember and it. visually, it, 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 it's like you're on an LSD trip, too. It's just like, it's just off-putting in every possible way. Yeah. So he he had a heavy influence in that, and then he dipped because he had to do Santa Claus 2. <laughs> and then they brought Mike Myers well, on the naturally. scene. <laughs> and I think this was the first movie from this director. I don't know his name. Mm. So that's yeah. also troubling. <laughs> I wish it was Gore Verbinski. <laughs> of Pirates of the Caribbean fame. It would have been the most epic five-hour cat in the hat. He would take over the entire neighborhood. Yeah. Hopefully they'll do something good with cat in the hat again. Gore Verbinski, weird filmmaker. Anyway. <laughs> Just shout it out. If you know him, let us know if he's weird in real life. What's your favorite Gore Verbinski film? <laughs> Email us at illiterateemail.com. We want to know. These are the hot button issues. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there we go. There's, that's Dr. Seuss. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. Certainly a lot that I didn't know. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, let's... Well, the First and foremost, I'm interested in his... In the constraints. Uh-huh. Because it seems like he's constantly trying to make it good. He wants to reach children. He wants to actually do the the real work. It's not Dick and Jane just get it done and treating children like dogs. Mm-hmm. It's like actually connecting and then to be thrown these, you know, like to be thrown these constraints by his publisher or agent or whoever um, and letting that inform how he's going to reach his goal and yeah. not, not looking at it like, it, like he's it, like, seems like he's embracing it actually. It's just like, I can't, I can't use any of these words. What's going here. Give me the list, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll do something with this and then look at what he did with that. It's uh, your yeah. the constraints. If you can frame it in your mind, right, man, they can open so many doors. Um, and if you can trick yourself into accepting them, sometimes they can just, or like with advertising, it's like, we got to sell bug spray. That's the goal. Well, right. And that's another thing I want to talk to about is the, you know, the, working in different areas and making different types of, of, you know, the books and content and, and reading and, and drawings and all of those types of things to figure out how to reach an, a specific audience, mm-hmm. working on that skill set of like, this is what it takes to get an idea across to the people I want to get it across to. Mm-hmm. Let me take what I've learned now and do it for a different audience. Right. Making a World War II propaganda film for the soldiers that they will respond to. It's like, you got to put some naked women in there. Right. 
it's it got to be sort of smutty. Yeah. Like you can't, yeah. If you don't want him to spill the beans about the operation. But it doesn't mean that Dr. Seuss is a horn dog. It's <laughs> right. Just, it's, no, he's trying to reach his audience. He's he's playing to his audience because he wants to reach them. He's, yeah. At the end of the day, there's a reason for what, you know, he's trying to get something across, whether he's paid to get that message across or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, you have to study the success there. Um, yeah. Or that he, he had breaks in between where he tried to do the Mulberry Street book before World War II, then went and did something completely different. And it takes time. And so like, and, and, may, and these things like, it, you know, it feel, it, I can imagine to him the years that it takes and the years that go by in the middle of these things, you never know if something is actually a success. You know, he was, in his, success, he was in his 50s when Cat in the Hat came out. Right. It's just like you, like it, it, it just kind of. You just got to keep trucking on, basically, is yeah. what I hear. It's like, you just got to keep keep going on, and that eventually it will pay off. Somebody will notice it. You'll catch a break if you just keep on. Yeah. And and, and don't let it get you down. And I think it's interesting with him is he's never, he's not like Buck Wild going in crazy different directions. He's just, he, he's he's a writer. He's a cartoonist, and he's, he's just exploring in those. It's not like he's a writer cartoonist, and he's putting out an album, and he's, but you know, like, and, and, and he's cutting and he's, hair, and, and he's, he's joining the circus, and you know, like, yeah. no, it's like he's a writer, he's a cartoonist, and he's just kind of dabbling in all of the, like, as far as that realm will let you go, which is as far as you want to go. And he mm-hmm. showed us all of that with what he pulled out of his head. Yeah. But he could have been like, but this isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I'm going to go back to advertising. Right. Because I think a lot of his focus is he does want it to be good. And then just, it's not like social media is around and we can jump on Twitter and, and, and like see that they liked the thing. It's like, well, it's just out in the world. Or I spent 12 months <laughs> drawing <laughs> this stupid yeah. cat in this stupid hat. <laughs> yeah. And now it's out there. I guess people like it. Like I, now I get to see the returns. Oh, it's making some money. Yeah. That's nice. When I go to appearances, people are starting to say nice things. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But you don't see it like, like how we see it now. You couldn't, yeah. you know, it's like, the thing even at it, the yeah. height of it then. It's like it's to imagine that it's still going 60, 70, you know, however many years later. It's yeah. just they're, it's, it's not stopping. <laughs> they're going to make another one, you know. <laughs> and they're making the animated yeah, movies and they're keeping no all of the ideas out there. We brought up going into the World War II stuff and how... I was amazed that Stan Lee yeah. was one of his co-workers. <laughs> no, that is, I mean, it reminded me a lot of the, um, the Spielberg Coppola, that, that like group of filmmakers through the seventies. Yeah. Um, and how they're all like just buddies helping each other, giving notes on each other. They're a mm-hmm. little, con- they're a little competitive with each other, but it's they're they're, they're just all doing the same thing, trying to make good work and trying to help each other make good work. Yeah. And then look who they became and look what they did and how it changed their medium. And it's like that, that really reminded me of just like that room you're describing here with yeah. like Stanley and Chuck Taylor and like, yeah. Um, Chuck so like you just, yeah, 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 yeah sorry, uh, Chuck John, <laughs> Chuck Taylor, the, the, the Converse, Converse guy. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Taylor was there uh, making shoes. What are you doing in the animation department? <laughs> you never know, but that, but that, uh, but um, but just you never, you never quite know what who people are going to turn out to be. I mean, look at that. I mean, you would have legends never in guessed. their own rights, right? Yeah. And just all hanging out in the room, probably very insecure about everything that they're doing. And it's World War Two. It's yeah. like we're like we're we might die, right? At any moment, they might be <laughs> like, yeah. 
I just like how open he is, I guess. Like, that's a lot of what I'm, like, he's, I, I, there's a lot of openness there. He's just, like, he's taking in the constraints. He's, yeah, well, he'll, he'll do the other job. He's still, but, like, taking what he needs from it and really purposing, yeah. repurposing, re He moved from New York to L.A. Life. to do that film thing. Right. And yeah. It's like, that's a, that's a hard, like, a lot of people are not that, that open and not that just, like, you know. Yeah. It almost is like he was just, like pretty secure and just like just trying to do better i don't know that's it's kind of admirable yeah. it's like you just kept on trucking the whole time and i mean and things were good and yeah. but you know who knows do you want to go into the thing about his wife well that certainly is one of the big shockers here because you yeah. know he sounds uh, kind of like the old uh john edwards uh-huh. in uh, the old presidential election in 20 uh 2004 uh, his wife had cancer, and it turns out he was having an affair on her. So it's just like, man, is Dr. Seuss John Edwards? That's hard to think about. And in this, where we are right now in society and whatever pressure point we're on right now, it's... It's hard it's, to judge people yeah, from one particular instance. Yeah, we get one we get one headline of something, and then and then that's who they are entirely. That is their legacy. Yeah, it's, it's like, like this is not Doctor. This would be bizarre if this was Doctor Seuss's legacy. Right, right. I was like, would would it be like? And he stopped writing for years. Right. When this happened, when his wife died. How many years? Four, Four or yeah, at least yeah. It's like that's so like it. It was he wasn't like, like, like ah, he was whatever. Affi- yeah. Right. He was affected by it, and and also he had been dealing. I mean, they had been dealing with this together. Yeah. As a couple, their whole lives, her illness, his, you know, writing, Mm -hmm. like they were doing it together and somehow there's a breaking point there and who knows what problems she had that they didn't discuss and what problems he had that they didn't discuss. And like, then this thing happens and it's, it's interesting. Yeah. If this was a, if this was a 2019 thing that then went public, would he have continued to write for the next 40 years? And would he have been able to have touched the millions and countless lives that he was able to do? It's like, it's, this is, this is really conflicting because like his impact (laughs) and the good that he has done with his legacy, with his work is it's immeasurable and important. And if we didn't have it, I think we'd be worse off. So you know, it's like if, if thank God almost that social media wasn't around then, it's like, it sounds like he handled it on his own. It, right. I don't know. It's just, and it's so, just a shame so also that, that she, yeah, that she committed suicide <sighs> after the, like, and that's, I don't know. It's just something that we seem to be having to face all the time right now, but it's all the time. I'm almost growing closer to like, man, we have some empathy. Yeah. We need to learn more about these people, I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer is, but I just don't think that the answer should be just like step one rage. Yeah. Like, you know, like what's, whoa, what happened? They were, they were in a you know, long relationship yeah, like, with a lot of stuff that was going on in his own. I mean, everybody just got on their a personal problems, level. Just yeah. Like, it's like what, that, how do you I'm do interested that? in what the personal struggle, the mental and in, internal struggle with Dr. Seuss was through, throughout a lot of this. Cause, and like I said, and because he just kept going, but it's like, Obviously, this was hard. Obviously, didn't talk about it. Yeah, and and at times you had to be insecure. At times he had to wonder if things were working or if he was right, if he was just, if you know, it's like you. And he recedes from the spotlight or pretends to be the cat in the hat, and like, what is it? Right, right. What is he dealing with here? Up until the end, 
So speaking of which, we didn't talk about this, but there are three books that he wrote, the only three that he wrote that weren't for kids. Mm. One of them was very early on in his career before most any of the other kids stuff right hmm. after the advertising stuff. And it was kind of this, this story, like the seven lady Godivas and it was nude women. Oh really? It was in his style. It was for adults. We're getting the dirt on Dr. <laughs> Seuss this week. Y'all. Sort of but strange. they're like, Hey, he's a, you know, he's a real person. And, yeah. and, and again, it's just, this Try is it a out. different so area it and, and the one it's like, well, how many things did he write? You yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> that's interesting to know yeah. that he did it. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then never, never did that again. He's also right. like, I'm terrible at drawing naked women, so I'm just <laughs> not going to do this. I'm wondering, what, just imagine what you know of Dr. Seuss' aesthetic when he draws, and now imagine him drawing a naked woman. Yeah, that's, well, you can find the book. <laughs> floop de doop It still exists. <laughs> the other book that he wrote for adults was called You're Only Old Once. And it was when he was getting old and dealing with the troubles of what mm. that's like and the benefits and the pitfalls. Sounds very sentimental. It's like, you know, just with the topics he's covering in all the books, you know he's thinking. Yeah, he's a smart dude. He's, he's, he's thinking about stuff, man. So mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm now more than ever interested in just like, what was it like to be Dr. Seuss mm-hmm. that year when nobody knows what's going on and he's writing Cat in the Hat? <laughs> yeah. The last book he wrote, the very last book before he died, mm. was called Oh, The Places You'll Go. Mm. You might know it. Mm-hmm. It's a very popular one. Gets back on the bestsellers list in the springtime for graduations. Moving on in life. But it's sort of his final Dr. Seussly, grandfatherly. Yeah. Almost speaking to himself about what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. What he did in life. The mountains that you'll conquer. You've got so much ahead of you. Again, very heartwarming. But, yeah. Was not intended for children to learn how to read. It was kind of a... Final farewell. Send off. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. But a fascinating life story. Interesting. His whole body of work. All the different books that he came up with. Unparalleled. Yeah. Unparalleled. Because he didn't draw straight lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, that was uh, that was really great. I really loved this one. Good. Me too. Yeah. I liked reading all this the rhymes. Cool. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, let's see. You've got an announcement here. Oh, a new one. Uh, If you guys would go on iTunes and rate and review whatever you'd like to do, throw us whatever stars you'd like to throw us, but it'd help us out a lot just throwing up something for us. Feedback. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Just get in there, throw them stars, some text, whatever you'd like. That would really help us out. All right. See y'all. See you guys next week. We never talked about one fish, two fish. I know. Sad. Don't think I didn't notice. <laughs> I don't have anything about it. You said you did. You lied to my <laughs> face. I want that in the bloopers. <laughs>